Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads? Or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversionu to start today. Cash call, everybody. Brian Curtis, Dale Archdeacon, back again on Wednesday for a cash call because we couldn't stay away from all of you, and we love you so much. And speaking of our our faithful fans, the ones who show up every week, Brian, I feel like we should create some kind of badges or some swag, right? We should have some kind of cash call swag. What would cash call, like really? face tattoos or something? What do you think? Uh, well, I was going with a hat, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha Graf Graf wants a face tattoo. Thank you, Samantha. We'll do temporaries just to start as we're working out the design, right? I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say I have no tattoos and one going on my face. There's somewhere between little and no chance of that. <laughs> All right. Not, I'm not anti-tattoo if you like that. No no judgment from me, but I'm not putting one on my face. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Maybe we'll get like branded headsets or shirts or something. I don't know. Uh, but um, so, Brian, today uh, I have a couple calls that I wanted to listen to. Um, they're actually attempts, failed attempts at setting listing appointments. And so the reason that I'm playing this is because I, I want us to help these people in hearing where things went wrong, right? You can listen to it, and we just want to talk about the positioning of this stuff. Because I don't know about you, but um, you know, right now we're, we're doing a lot of listing training material uh, within my company, and one of the most difficult things there is is obviously it's easy to set a listing appointment with somebody who's hot and ready and wants to list their house right it's kind of no yeah, i can do that i can do that too it's kind of hard to screw that one up the harder ones to set are the ones who aren't quite ready yet who are still getting the house ready or aren't going to be selling for a while or are just even haven't even decided that they're going to sell right those are the hardest ones to, to have a conversation or to, to get face to face with and so i want to play these two where they're not hot and ready a, uh, potential sellers, and it and it failed as an attempt to set that appointment. Awesome, I love it. So let me Bring share, them on. Share my screen, share my sound, and figure out why my call's not here. Hold on. They find technical difficulties. Uh, Brian, sing a little show tune while I find this. Well, we have some pretty good fans, and I really don't want to scare them away. So I'm gonna I'm gonna opt out of singing, as they probably don't uh, they don't want to hear that. But you know, we we will have this up and running in a second. And there we go. I can see that you're you're there already ninety five the other way there. There we go. Okay. So this first one is an ISA attempting to set a listing appointment. This is a woman who um, is looking at homes on their website. She inquired about one in particular. She's looking for fifty five plus communities. And um, what she said so far is that, you know, she's hasn't found anything yet, but she's actively looking online at 55 plus communities and wants to downsize. Uh, and so now we're going to hear what the ISA does in an attempt to try and set the appointment with her. Give me a thumbs up when you can hear. I, I understand that you're in the beginning stages. So, of course, there's no rush at all. Um, with you having a home that you said that you need to sell, would you be interested interested in maybe having someone come out to give you a free market analysis so you can see what it would list for? We kind of got an idea of what it would list for. So we've already kind of had that. We kind of worked what our idea would be. So our 
I would say our house should be around 350. Okay. So you, you weren't interested in setting up an appointment with an expert to just confirm that? No, I'm, we're not. We're still. Yeah. So basically answers. Not like I couldn't have my kids in school. Right. The answer is no to that one. And she does not get the listing appointment. So obviously I see the smile on your face, Brian. It's a couple of issues there. Why don't you go ahead and give your feedback first and then I'll give mine. Well, obviously there was about three minutes before this we didn't hear, so I'm assuming there was some setup, some warm up, some rapport building. I'm there just was. Gonna go with that assumption. Yes, there was. So, if I'm in rapport with somebody, I don't like to ask yes no questions because there's no reason to ask a yes no question. Would you like me to come over to your house? No. Where the hell do I go from there? So, hey, you know, really for us, the next step is often to have uh, one of our expert agents come over and take a look at your house. We have a, appointments available on Tuesday or Wednesday. Which of those days would work better for you? Now, yeah. I'm not saying the person can't come back and say, listen, I'm good. I don't need that. But no is a shutdown question. And by the way, and those of you who are listening to this, whether you know it or not, you will probably have a negative phil uh, physiological reaction when you get that no. And it causes you to have to reset. It, it's a pattern interrupt, not in a good way. Set yourself up to at least have conversations because, and it's interesting. I don't know if you've read uh, Jeb, uh, Jeb Blunt's book on objections, but it's pretty good actually. And a lot of people have read um, his other book, which is uh, Fanatical Prospecting. But in objections, he talks a lot about that. He's like, look, we've got all these auto responses. So for example, I go into a, a, a clothing store with one purpose to buy a pair of pants. I'm going to buy a pair of pants. I know I'm going there to buy a pair of pants. I'm not leaving until I do. The salesman comes up to me and says, "How? hey, Brian, can I help you? What do I say? Uh, no, I'm just looking. Thank you. Right. And you know why? Dale and I didn't set that up, by the way. But that's the answer. It's an automatic response. So don't set yourself up for automatic responses. Then also, I've kind of felt like her response was, hey, the idiot who gave you the price on that house, you need someone who doesn't suck. <laughs> and that's what I heard, by the way. Some yeah. moron came over and told you the price. You need an expert. And again, we want to say that we're experts and we want to say it's a good idea potentially. You know, I completely understand you've already got an opinion on that. One of the things we would love to do, though, is give you a second opinion, just a little bit more information to, to give that, you know, somewhere along those lines. And we've got to work on building relationships with these people, not just smacking them around. So anyway, yeah. those are my thoughts. A lot of them, but those are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I agree with all of that stuff. And, you know, one of the points that I made to that ISA is let's again, let's listen to again to how she did this. So uh, the woman told her that she was looking 55 plus, was thinking about moving in the future. She would need to sell her house, right? That's basically what had gone on prior to this, Brian. So here's my point to that ISA. Let's listen to this real quick. I, I understand that you're in the beginning stages. So, of course, there's no rush at all. Um, with you having a home that you said that you need to sell, would you be interested interested in maybe having someone come out to give you a free market analysis so you can see what it is? All right. Now, so she knew, this ISA knew she was going to ask for the appointment, right? Brian, you and I know. And now this ISA knows uh, that there are many ways that somebody could say no to you. One of those being, I already know what my house is worth. I've already met with an agent. I've already had all my questions answered, yada, yada, yada. I've already talked with a stager or a, you know, a consultant about how to prepare my home for sale. Those are all the ways that somebody could say no to you. So my point to the ISA is, before you're going to ask for that appointment, 
figure out if there's a no in there first, okay? And so rather than saying, hey, Brian, since you have a home you're going to need to sell, would you like me to come and tell you how much it's worth? Knowing that you could already think you know what it's worth, which is what happened to her. So do it a little bit smarter. Hey, Brian, since you have a home that you'd need to sell before you actually purchase, have you spoken to anybody about what it might be worth? Yeah. Oh, you have. Okay, great. Now I just got the fact that there's an objection in there. If I try to ask Brian, would you like me to come to your house and tell you what it's worth? Right? So now oh, I already have. <laughs> yeah, you already had somebody. I'm not going to close for that. Right? I'm going to back off of it and I'm going to find another opportunity to close around so that I don't run into an automatic objection anyway. Right? So that's what we tell the ISA. Listen, if you have a premeditated close you're going to do, and it's not the obvious solution to your conversation, then just pre-test to make sure that there's no objection in there when you know that there could be. So if I want to ask you to meet with me an agent, I'm going to find out if you've met with an agent yet. If I want to give you a price for your house, I want to find out if you've come up with a price for your house yet, right? If I'm going to suggest that you let me come and give you suggestions on how to best prepare your home for sale, I'm going to find out if you've already talked to anybody or done uh, thought about preparing your home for sale, right? It's just like a pre-question to test for objections. Yeah, and I agree, just like you agreed with me, I'm going to agree with you, but we're just agreeing with each other, one on top of each other today. But one of the things I think that, that I'm hearing you say indirectly, and, and I hear this, maybe this is just in my brain, we need to do better discovery. It Definitely. is, in essence, and you're, you're breaking that down to very specifics, and I appreciate that, but the overall what I'm hearing there is we need to do better discovery so we can ask better questions. And, and here's one of the things I think agents make mistake on on phone calls. Like they ask a question and they don't take a note so that they can go and come back to it. Because here's the thing, when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I do a little bit of discovery. I find something that, ooh, this is something I can move forward on. I don't have to move forward on it in that moment. As a matter of fact, um, here's here's some stuff that I'm studying right now, which is fun. High S personalities actually like it better. 70% of the per people in this country are high per S personalities, by the way. Like it when you come back later. Why? Because it shows that you were listening and you let them finish. And they want that stability that, okay, I got out what I'm done. And hey, by the way, Dale, you mentioned earlier that you had somebody come uh, give you a price for your house. One of the things that we often do is just give people a second opinion because, you know, I'm sure the person who did it was, was good and they, they knew what they were doing. But it's oftentimes it's nice to get a second opinion just so you have more information to make a bad, educated thing. So I've got time on Tuesday or Wednesday to either of those days work well for you. And again, I came back to it two or three minutes later. It has a different effect, and it's. I think it's significantly more effective. Yeah, that uh, is a really good technique. Um, let's hear what happened into the face of that objection, because I think this is another thing, right? So she asked, would you like to have us come take a look and give you a price for it? They would list for? We kind of got an idea of what it would list for. So we've already kind of had that. We kind of worked what our idea would be so our i would say our house should be around 350. all right now this isa was caught off guard at that note which is what you said earlier right she was yeah. caught off guard and then she did this really bad like just simply repeating the no back to the person right that wasn't productive and we'll hear it okay so you you weren't interested in setting up an appointment with an expert to just confirm that 
that's the point yeah. where you said she was like assuming that it wasn't an expert. Now the the so it was kind of unclear. This is what the ISA should have done, I think. Um, so the woman said, "Oh yeah, we we've kind of already got done that, gotten an idea of what it would sell for. We th we think it will sell for three hundred fifty thousand. The ISA, if they were prepared and well trained, might ask, "Oh, got it. How did you come up with that number? Or uh, did you meet with someone to get that number? Or did you put that together on your own?" Right. So either one of those. Here's another question. Here's another question out of curiosity. How long ago was that? Because yeah, if question. it was six months ago, that's a, you know, was it a year ago? Was it a week ago? Was it yesterday? That's right. very, very relevant in this market as we're shifting. Right. And so if somebody said, well, you know, we had an agent come out in January. Well, that's, that's awesome. And I appreciate that you're doing some pre preparation with that. With that in mind, we're seeing that the market change significantly. I'm going to suggest that you contact that agent again and maybe get a little bit more information or an alternative if you'd like to just have. So instead of saying, why saying maybe you want to contact that agent again what you're saying is oh it's okay your agent's a good person whoever gave you this is a good person no i really don't want them to contact that person again what i want them to do is take option b which is or you know by the way a lot of times people want to get a second opinion i can come out on tuesday or wednesday if either of those days will work for you so and here's the thing, salespeople are often scared to say something that's going to send them down a road that they don't want, you know, oh, oh my God, someone else isn't. Here's the thing, they already talked to somebody else. It's not like we're, we're convincing them to work with somebody else. They've already done that. So acknowledge that, know that that's okay. Um, here's another thing, and would you consider what this person did an objection? I would, but would you? Uh, what the uh, what the seller said to her, what the potential seller yeah. said to her. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it was an objection to the ask that the ISA made. Right. It's an, it's an objection that's get you know it, it clearly was a roadblock for this person. So a couple of things. One of my rules for objections is never re-cement the objection, and that's exactly what she did. So we want to repeat, repeat and affirm objections. In other words, oh, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that you had somebody come out there. A lot of people do that. That's a that's a great opportunity to do that. Now I can go into an objection handler. But when I sit, when I immediately come back to and say, oh, so you don't want to have an expert come out and take a look at it? So what I hear is you're a moron, and and again, I'm sure that's not what this ISA was trying to. No, to no, not at all. Say. She was caught, she was caught off guard and didn't know what to do. She was she was like, right. oh shit, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat so, what you said because I need to keep the conversation going. But when you repeat it, don't repeat it with a question, and that's what she right. did, which re-cemented the objection. Oh, so you don't want to have an expert come out? No, yeah blah, 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 is what I'm thinking if I'm, I'm on the other end of the line. So be careful not to re-cement objections and, and ask them like, and she asked that question like, literally, are you an idiot? You don't want to have an expert come out. That's literally what she said, whether she knows it or not. And I'm sure it wasn't her intent. No, not at all. I, I mean, I know this ISA, she's, uh, she's in training with our company and I, she's, uh, she's relatively newer and I just know her and I know she was caught off guard and was scrambling and didn't know what the hell to do. And by the way, I'm 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 pounding on her pretty hard, but overall she's doing pretty well. Yeah, she's a really good she's a really good ISA. Uh, all right, let's listen to another one. This is actually an agent. Oh, go ahead. Before you do that, we have a question. So before you do yeah. that, let's answer that question. Um, I'll read it and then I'll let you answer it. Okay. Is saying no pressure a, pa a passive aggressive way to apply pressure? I use the term. I've been wondering if it just needs to be dropped from a conversation. Um, I don't want to pressure you actually. Uh, 
I don't think that it's a, I don't think that it's passive aggressively applying pressure. Um, I think that it's an absolutely great thing to use if you are sensing that the person feels pressured. Uh, a lot of times when you can name the emotion that you are picking up from the, the person you're talking to, especially if it's a negative emotion, Hey Brian, I'm feeling I'm feeling like you're upset with me. Brian, I'm feeling like you're you're feeling pressured here, right? I, I'm I, and I, I don't intend to do that, right? So um, that is a really great way to use it. If you just use it completely out of context, uh, and you're not reading that from someone, then that could introduce the idea or reinforce the idea of a salesperson pressures you, right? It's sort of like, hey Brian, no offense, but your face is kind of ugly. Usually when people start with no offense, they're about to offend you, right? Brian, no pressure here, buddy, but uh, how can I put you in this car today? Right. So I, uh, I call those eraser lines. And, you know, basically, whatever I say, I, I'm not trying to be offensive, and then I can go say something offensive. <laughs> right. <laughs> that doesn't mean that the thing I said wasn't offensive just because I said no offense. Don't so, take this it, the wrong it, way. But don't take this the wrong way, but you suck. Yeah, okay. you're fat and ugly. Oh, great, thanks. Appreciate that. You know, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna look at the, I'm gonna look for the silver lining in what you just said, sir. So I will tell you this: I use this eraser line quite a bit when I'm when I'm doing lead generation. Hey, Dale, um, it's been great talking with you. I, I'm not trying to do an interrogation here, but I just need to ask you a couple of quick questions so I can make sure that I'm serving you, or just so I can make sure that, I, that I've got to know what your needs are. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. I'll use a line like that sometimes because sometimes, honestly, we have to be careful because we do feel like we're interrogating people. Tell me your social security number and your firstborn and how much you make. And all of a sudden it's like, dude, we met seven minutes ago and you're asking me questions I won't tell my significant other. So, <laughs> you know, I'm exaggerating, but it really. It, 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 here's what I heard, Brian. And, here's, here's what I heard, Brian. You're hiding the offshore accounts. That's all I heard from that. So you might be one of you. I tell you what, I wish I had some to hide. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's great. Uh, all right, so I have another one. This is actually an agent who is attempting to set a listing appointment. And it's one of those uh, not selling now, potentially selling in the future. He's trying to get face-to-face -face with her, which is great. The lead source is an online eval tool, right? An online home evaluation tool. So the woman filled it out. He calls her up, has a little bit of rapport. And what we don't hear, and this was some of the feedback that we gave, is that there really wasn't enough rapport built before he went to ask that question. So I'm going to give you that before we even play this. Let's see. Let me go over here, share my screen. Brian, do you want to answer that question that Charlene just posted? Yeah, absolutely. So Charlene, that's similar to what I'm saying. Um, I would be careful of, uh, just be careful how you ask it. So here's what I mean. What Charlene said is on a call, I asked permission to ask additional questions. And I actually do like that. Um, hey, I might look something like this. Hey, Charlene, I've got just a couple more questions I need to ask you. But now I want a because. And by the way, there's a really cool study that they did on because. So they literally had people stand who were standing in a line and had a person come up and interrupt that person and say, hey, would you mind if I cut in line? Three percent of the people said yes to that. Now they turned around and did, added the because, hey, because I'm late and I got to go pick up my kid. That three percent turned into 70 percent of the people who let it walk in. So the same thing here. Hey, I just want to I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, if that's OK, so that I can or because I want to make sure that I'm going to be able to get you all the information and meet your needs or because. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Right. You know what? Since you said that, I think you said that last one. 
Um, I've actually been too. using, or it was two times ago. Um, I've actually been using it, like reminding myself to use that when I either have to ask an employee something or to do something or a client, or if I have to tell a client no, I just make sure that I put in the because in there, right? Just to, because it, it reminded me that unless somebody has a reason for something, unless they can make a justification for it in their mind, they're probably going to be upset about it or, you know, whatever about it, right? Or say no to it yeah. or uh, whatever it may be. But if you give them the justification. Because it's very powerful. Yeah. Very, very powerful word. Uh, all right. So this one, I gave you a bit of a context for this. Now we're going to listen to it. It's a little bit annoying at first, but we'll, I want to get to the ask. So I'm going to put it at 1.25. You'll see what I mean by annoying. Okay. Are you thinking yeah. about, are you thinking about selling your home someday? Are you right, refinancing? What made you curious? Um, I might be selling someday, but not right now. Just okay. How yeah, maybe like next year? I don't know. Okay. Next year. She said maybe next year. I don't know. Yeah, that, that would make sense. So you're really just kind of gathering some information right now, seeing what might be out there. Now he put the words into her mouth. So you're really just gathering some information, might see what's out there. Not a good strategy to do. You need to tell her what's important about it. Or even the feedback that we gave him is on the home evaluation, find out what she thought about the number. He never even talked about that, right? Uh, what number did it give you? Because in this system, they don't know. This particular one, they don't know what value was given, but he never asked that and he didn't talk about it. So we'll keep going on. Oh gosh, this girl, move away from this. Yeah, I just thought I was going, no, no, don't, 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 that will hurt me. So be a good girl, okay? Okay, hello? Yeah, so we, we, have the, we have the website there to just get you better access to homes or information about what houses are selling for, you know, the valuation. Like that's why we have it there. Um, if you are, if you are thinking about selling your home at some point, whether that's this year or next year or, you know, five years down the road. Now you hear him trying to soften the ask, right? If you are thinking about your home this year or next year or down the road, that's a softener. And then he's going to make an ask. Eventually the, the best option is going to be having a local real estate expert just come and look at it, tell you what it would be worth in person. And obviously this is, this is not a, a you know, uh, this is not a, a commitment to anything. This is just having somebody put eyes on it, be able to give you, hey, here's what it would probably be worth in today's market. What's the market going to be able to demand for it? Does that sound like that would be helpful for you? Now, I think that he did a really good job of attempting to soften, explain, and then offer, and then even ask if it would be valuable to her. And so- I love the valuable question. Yeah. And so I, I think that I wanted to show the or show the audience, the listeners, this nice little pitch that he made, right? It was pretty solid. It was it was good. Uh, it sounded really w well. Uh, my issue, I think the issue, she's going to shoot him down. Spoiler alert, right? <laughs> she's going to say no, and we'll hear why. Um, but, you know, the feedback that we gave him, which we didn't hear, is that he didn't build enough rapport. He didn't actually talk about the value. He didn't even get into really what she wanted to gain or know about it. Um, and then it just went into the pitch. And, uh, you know, I think that that's why it kind of fell flat and uh, and she said no. And so I'll, I'll play with the objection. Unless, do you have any comments about that before I play the no, objection? No, I just, I, I do like that he, that he, I like the way he handled it overall. I mean, uh, I, he, he probably in my, and if I'm going to nitpick it, I like the initial softener and then he got, he got really, really, really soft. So I might not have gone down that road, but that's just personal choice. So mm -hmm. I, I think it was a good call or good, yep. a good little section. So let's hear the objection, and then we'll talk about what he did in the face of that objection. Yeah, but um, when I'm ready, I'm not ready right at this minute. 
Yeah. And that would be something I think you, you would want to do before you're ready. Like, I think that's, that's not a, a step towards, okay, I'm ready to sell my home. That's something before you're ready for planning purposes. Just so oh, you can... yeah. have somebody come and look at the house. All right. So he tries to control the objection and change the objection, right? Rather than inquiring into the objection. So what we heard him do, and he's a good salesperson, right? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're not ready. This is what we would be. We would be doing this before, you know, like you're, we're not getting, we're not doing this to make you ready, right? It's whatever he said, but uh, he, he sounds really good. My issue and what I think that he could have improved on is just asking into it, um, right? So if I say, Brian, you know, if you sell now or someday in the future, uh, you know, the best thing to do would be to talk to a real estate agent, have him take a look at your home and just give you a really, you know, more confident idea of what it would actually sell for in, in the market. Is that something that you think might be helpful for you? No, it's not. Say, no, I'm say good. what she said. Say what she said. I don't remember exactly what oh, she said. I'm she sorry. said, yeah, when I'm ready, I'm not ready now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, sometime next year when I'm ready, I, I think that's a good idea. Oh, got it, got it. When you say you're not ready, uh, what aren't you ready for? Having me I don't need give you information about your home or uh, looking at marketing it for sale? Yeah, I definitely am not interested in selling until at least next year. And uh, I mean, it's not, I guess I'm... I don't, I don't feel like I, I need the information right now because I'm not going to sell it until at least next year. Got it. Okay. So in this, everybody, Brian's just told me he doesn't value that information that I would be giving him, which is probably the way that this person was looking at it, right? Because sure. it's out in the future. So what if this agent had inquired into that, what is it that you're not ready for, Brian? And then even giving him some options, you're going to find out what the real story is. Hey, I just don't value that, that whatever the, the information that I think you're going to give me now, I don't value that right now. Okay. Hey, no problem. I can look for another opening. I can look for another offer of something that you might be interested in. Just change tack. I but, would also maybe do a slightly de deeper discovery. Oh, Maria, Bob, Sue, whatever this person's name was. Out of curiosity, um, is there some significant event that's happening next year that, that you're considering selling your home? Yes. Because here's the thing, you can hear the person has kids, maybe they've right. got someone graduating from high school, maybe, you know, who knows what that reason is. And, and you got to remember, there's conditions and objections. So for me, for example, I, I moved to Colorado in August of 2019, I ended up not selling my house, but let's pretend I was, I wasn't going to sell my house if somebody called me in 2018. I was moving in 2019. Why would I sell my house in 2018? Wouldn't make any sense. That's a condition. And so sometimes we have to figure that out. And then I can build rapport with that person based on, hey, I understand that next year your kid graduates from high school and you want to downsize or, you know, who knows what, we don't know what their condition was if they had one. There was a reason that she said next year. And it might just because if I say next year, maybe he'll leave me alone. That might've been the reason that she said that, but we have no idea the significance of next year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of the critical things um, that is, again, one of the one of the issues that he didn't get before he went to pitch uh, on the close. Right. And uh, and then so he then he's in this downward spiral of he didn't do the discovery you're talking about. He didn't set up his close in the way that we suggest his close was really good. Um, but then then he's in a death spiral where he makes his first. And listen, I tell everybody. You, you know, you need to hold back your first close because your first close is critical. You know what I mean? If you fail on your first close, it is harder 
to close again and get a yes if you get a no. Right. And that's because here's here's a great rule on the same lines and Dale's it's just, just a different way of saying the same thing is the only way you can close a second time is either you provide more information or change the deal. Yeah. So it, you set yourself up now. You can't close again without being high. You can close again, but you're going to come across as really high pressure. So I have to have some kind of different part of the transaction, or I have to provide a brand new piece of information that makes the person go, oh, that makes sense for me. I don't think there's an opportunity here. So I, I want to cover something real quick because it made me laugh. And I, I wasn't laughing at Dale, but I was laughing as this. We had a couple of comments. And first of all, for both Brad and Maria, I thought it was it was really great that you were paying attention to pace because I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. But the reason this guy was talking so fast was because Dale had the the, the pace set on 1.25 or 1.5. He had him talking faster so we could listen to the call faster that's not how the guy doesn't talk like this <laughs> so but great job paying attention to that i love yep. that people are out there paying attention to pace yep. because it's an important thing if the person is talking like this and the agent's talking like this that's bad you're out of rapport and that's yep. going to create tension so yep. i appreciate that you're listening but that's why that was yep you know what i want to answer this chat in here melissa chatted in i thought you had to get five no's before a yes so how can you close on the first time uh so um melissa i think you're crossing a couple of wires here i think that um either when somebody says you have to get five no's before you get a yes that's either in reference to you need to you're gonna and when you're lead generating you're gonna get no's from people when you make your ask like we heard two these were two leads where they were asked for an appointment and they got a no. Um, and so it's either in reference to the fact that they're saying, hey, you've got to get some no's before you can get a yes. That's really what they're telling you from a coaching perspective. Now, if that's, it's either that or uh, it's in reference to like keep going. So like when we role play frequently, we will make agents and ISAs get at least three no's before they give up. I'm not saying that you give up after your first ask. What I'm saying is, what Brian and I are saying is, is that your first pitch for a close, for an ask, for an appointment, or a meet, or a contract, or a signature, is the most valuable one. Because getting one, if you get a no to that and you don't structure it properly, getting, a, getting it to turn into a yes uh, afterwards becomes even more difficult as you close subsequently after that. So that's what yeah. we're saying, Melissa. And, and I'm going to add to that too. So that five no's, I may have brought that up on a, on a recent call because I think that's an, it is an important concept, but more of what I was saying when I was bringing it up, and if that's your reference, Melissa, maybe you have it from somebody else, is the first time I talk to somebody, I want to go set an appointment. Hey, I'm way out. That's a no. So I'll give you an example. I called a guy, not exaggeration, 12 weeks in a row on Monday at three o'clock. And I got no, 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 no. And finally, it, it took 12 no's with this guy. <laughs> and finally, I, he said, hey, I'll come on over to my house and you know, and, and we'll, we'll take a look. We're ready. So sometimes it's not no in that, no, I never want to work with you. No, not right now, which means, okay, now I got to follow up with this person and, and you know, I got to call them next Monday or maybe next month or depending on what their time frame was. So I think that's a lot where we're going. And to Dale's point, the reason that people are telling you that is this is what agents get. Would you like me to come over and, you know, take a look at your house and give you an idea of what it's worth? No. Okay. Well, I'll never call you again. 
that's the kind of notes that we're talking about. You're going to have to get five of those before you get a yes. Um, it's not necessarily inside of one conversation that you're going to have five no's. So I hope yep. that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for Cash Call this week. Um, am I supposed to remind them of something? I don't know. We don't have any guests coming up, but Brian and I will be back next week to blow your minds and expand your businesses. Right, Brian? I'll, I'll do my best. No pressure. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Appreciate everybody, and see you next week.